Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Here with you on a Tuesday morning. Glad that you've joined us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our service minimum out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. They were busy this weekend. They were buzzing. I think I talked about that yesterday, but man, glad to see that. It was so good to see Starkville back to being Starkville. It wasn't just Duty Noble. It was the, the town was back to normal. Went out in the Cotton District on Friday night. Place was packed. You couldn't get in anywhere Saturday after the game. Uh, you know, we got lucky and found a couple of spots, but it was just great. And you know, our local businesses are a big part of that. And there is no more local business than Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. They are the epitome of a Starkville local business. I'm just sitting there. You're making me smile because with all that being back, yeah, that means that come about September the fifth. <laughs> Joel, we're back. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that, or maybe four. Whatever. The yeah. first weekend of September. And I'll tell you what. And I don't want to go too far down the political road. And whatever you think of Tate Reeves, whatever. But he's winning right now. Yeah. He's he's having fun at the expense of, of President Biden and a few others. I'll tell you that. And honestly, I'm sort of here for it. Because I have enjoyed these past few weekends. And it feels like we as Mississippians, I really am getting off the, the beaten path here. But we've done a great job of getting vaccinated. We've done a great job of taking care of each other, and now we're getting to enjoy the rewards of that. So, we'll see where it takes us. That said, it should take you to Stranger Coffee Coffee House. There you go. It all ties together, Joel. (laughs) Uh, College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. That's where you can shop and find the biggest and best selection of MSU merchandise in central Mississippi. Everything maroon and white under one roof. Shirts, hats. Things for the little kids, things for you, things for your car, things for your for your house, whatever it is. If you're staying at home and, and enjoying the games there, or if you're going on the road and following the Bulldogs, whatever you're trying to do to support Mississippi State, they've got you covered at College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Whew, excuse me. And, of course, they are online at collegecornerstore.com. Another great local business, and one of our newer one is Humble Taco. And, man, that place was hopping this weekend. It's going to be like that going forward. It's going to be a place that you're going to want to go when you're in Starkville. It's a place that people are going to want to be at because the food is so good, the service is great, and the atmosphere just can't be beat. One of the biggest patios in the city of Starkville. Great, great Mexican food. Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Unique dishes that you're just not going to find anywhere else. Great drink specials, wine lists, margarita on tap, local beers. It's just got everything you want in one place. Starville, we know, loves its Mexican food. We've done the research <laughs> here on Thunder and Lightning. No better place to do it than Humble Taco. It's a football kind of day here on Thunder and Lightning. We'll talk a little uh, men's basketball. Back on, any, any, any show with the Cruton song is a good show. That's what I always say. Uh, but let's start with spring football. You and I, uh, at least I was there for the first half. Did you stay to the end? What was your no, – I, I, don't, I don't know what you did on Saturday. I stayed for the first half, 
Saw a few plays in the second half and then went ahead and made my way over to Duty Noble. Wanted to make sure I was good and set up by the time that began. And uh, so, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't get to see the, the back half of that thrilling contest. Right. <laughs> uh, did get to talk to Mike Leach afterwards, though. Yes, you did. Courtesy of the Zoom. And so. he was not a happy camper. He was not. He was not. Said it didn't feel like a scrimmage. Said it didn't he- sound like a scrimmage. And, uh, yeah, he wasn't pleased with the effort, bottom line. And he did say that of all the practices this spring, there were only two. Um, there was the spring game this past Saturday, mm-hmm. and there was another one. I, I don't, I'm not sure when the other one was, but earlier in the spring, where he felt like it was average to below average. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rest of them, he said, had been, been good. But, but, yeah, Saturday was not a day that Mike Leach seemed to enjoy. And he seemed a little ticked off about the uh, like the, the timeouts and things mm-hmm. of like TV and yeah. having to stop and go and stop well, he's never, and go. He's never, and, probably never had to do that before. Can't yeah. imagine spring games at Texas Tech or Washington State were televised. Um, do you think, you know, because they, 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 they went over. Like the, there was zeros on the clock and they were still practicing. Yeah, I think yeah, I think SEC Network or whatever, or ESPN Plus, whatever it was, went off the air. Like I think they just stopped. So that's my question: Is do you think he said this practice has sucked? We're going to go a little longer. I mean, I don't know the one hundred percent truth to that, but it seems that way. Yes, that's interesting. It's interesting that that Leach came out of it with such a negative impression. I myself, from the half that I got to see, obviously there are some issues, but I saw some some bright spots as well. So let's we'll start with the, the bright spots. And I don't know how much of a bright spot it is, but maybe old Brian Haydad. Maybe I'm going to play the long game on Will Rogers here. But I thought Jack Abraham looked better than Will Rogers. On Saturday, he did. And, you know, Leach came, out, from what I saw. Leach came out and just openly said the QB competition is wide open. I don't know how much that would involve Sawyer Robertson when he arrives, but it seems to me that nothing is set in stone for the Mississippi State quarterback position. But if nothing else, if you want to say, well, where's the positive? Feels like you got two experienced guys here, and the best one's going to start. It does. It does. I, I would still be floored if we get to the fall and Will Rogers is not the starter. But would you really be floored? You'd be really shocked if Jack Abraham won this job. I kind of would. Yeah, I would not. See, I, I don't know. I maybe I'm just putting Will on a little bit too high of a level, but I just feel like he is. The odds-on favorite, and it's going to really kind of surprise me if he's not the guy. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is, I don't think Will is so far ahead that if he gets to September and his first game or so is shaky, and then you throw Will you know, Jack Abraham in there pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think it's some huge chasm here between Will and, and Jack. I just I kind of feel like after what he did last year and getting into the system and kind of started to see something something cooking there with Will that you got to kind of see what you got with him at the beginning of next season a little bit. And and look, even Mike Leach said after the spring game on Saturday that they have channeled more reps to Will this spring for the most part because he has been better than Jack mm-hmm. for the most part. But then, so, I mean, he did say... But the last he, two public he, appearances, Abraham has had the better of it. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. The the scrimmage was it the first scrimmage you, that we watched that I Jack Rogers, was not good. Jack Abram was not good in the first scrimmage, but then the second scrimmage and then in the spring game, he was the better guy. Is he just a gamer? I mean, what are we doing here? Are we are we, are we getting the whole you know when the lights come on, oh, Dak, Jack Abraham, kind of like Dak? You know, wasn't yeah. that great of a practice QB? But you turn the lights it, on, there it's you go. Something to think um, about. So that, I, I I don't know, but you're right. I mean, 
Leach goes into the offseason saying it's wide open. There's nothing else he was going to say, though. Well, that's 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 not true though. He could have been come out. He could have come out if if Rogers had played well, he would have probably been of the whole idea of like you know right now you know Will Rogers is our starting quarterback, but anything could happen. He, he would have he would have wanted to give his Rogers the vote of confidence. I think. I think. You know, and then you go into the fall and you see what happens. See, I, I leave it open ended. That way, you go into the well, it's just the way hungry. that he said it though. It's 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 one thing to say. It's one thing to say it coach speak wise and be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, all position battles are still open. It's another thing to say this quarterback competition is why he was clearly perturbed. I thought. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he was perturbed Saturday. There was no no way there was around a that. perturbance. He could have used some Strangely Coffeehouse or Churning Spoon ice cream or. He looked like he could have used some Crown Royal. To be totally honest with you, he, was, <laughs> he needed his nerves soothed. Um, another bright spot. Do you still want to argue Dylan Johnson and Jaquavius Marks with me? I'm kind of starting to lean your way on this. Yeah, one. I think I think he's the guy. Just just got the he's just the more of the power guy. That said, I don't think Jaquavius was like he didn't have a bad day. Didn't have a bad day, but I think Dylan Johnson's clearly the better better fit there. He's just the better guy. I mean, I, I like what I see from him at every time. He's um, fun to talk to too. He's a, he's kind of a Catholic school kid, man. We, they think I guess we, so. We know what we're doing. We're fun. Catholic school people are fun to talk to. Look <laughs> at me. Um, I thought. I saw some good catches here and there. Malik Heath had a couple of good catches. Makai Polk had a couple of good catches. I guess if you really want to talk about the biggest positive of the day, it's that Jaden Wally appears to not be seriously injured. Could Because coming off the field, I thought I was watching a guy leave the field for the last time in 2021. Yeah, I think everybody kind of had that knot in your throat, whatever you want to say. I, it did not feel good in that moment to, to look down there at maybe the brightest spot of Mississippi State's offense in 2020. And then to see him coming off with no weight on that right leg, thinking, gosh, we're, he, he's, he, he may not be out there come the fall. And uh, kudos, shout out to uh, shout out to Jaden's mom. Yeah. Uh, who apparently has... Who is our source on this one. Has sent, sent out the picture that... You know, you got, got her son there with full cowboy hat and just the iconic and... image. You mean that's not a picture? We were talking about iconic images the other day. That is one. <laughs> that goes right up there with like the thunder and lightning, the real thunder and lightning picture, and Dax stiff arm at LSU. That picture goes right in there. I, I was thinking when I saw that pic, you know, if they ever put a statue of Dak pointing to the heavens in front I wanna... of Davis Wade, I want one of Jaden with his cowboy hat walking yeah. out of the and hospital, walking boot. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it was iconic. Um, defensively, I've, I, I know Zach Arnett will not agree to this, but I thought they played pretty well. They were able to get after the quarterback. Um, we, we saw a lot of pressure. Uh, Jalen Green looks like he is a real football player. That's the guy who's going to be around the ball this year. I think that's a huge addition uh, for Mississippi State. Um, and you say she's got some depth now. Yeah, it really feels like they've, they've got, you know – uh, a, a you know eighteen to twenty guys. You know they have a two deep. Yeah. they feel pretty good about. And some of the supporting cast guys had had pretty big. Like Jet Johnson had a ton of tackles. I can't that's remember what it was, but that I don't know if that's a sign of things to come or is he our John Harris? Maybe game I, I don't know. But I mean, game. there were several names as you read through the statistics that just look. I'm not saying that they're going to be humongous pieces of the 2021 Bulldogs, but it at least gives you some thought that you know. You have to dig down in that depth for injury, or I don't know if COVID sitting out will still be a thing come the fall. But you know, you you have a little bit of confidence that there's some plug and play pieces there. Whereas last year, it kind of felt like you were 
you know, scrounging the bottom of the barrel. You were. To, I mean, well, look how it was at the end there, where, you know, you had walk-ons and everything else out there. You know, especially at, at, at all three levels of the defense. You were playing walk-on linemen, walk-on linebackers, walk-on defensive backs. This year it feels like you've got scholarship guys there at every position. You know, Fred Peters coming back healthy is big. C.J. Morgan coming back is going to help. J.P. Purvis coming back is going to help. Don, uh, uh, DeMonte Russell is going to help. All of these guys are, are going to contribute this year. So, yeah, you, you've got guys now that you should feel pretty good about. And, you, and again, when you saw what Zach Arnett was able to do with the guys he had last year, that really should give you a, a lot of confidence. You know, Forbes and Emerson, they are what they are. But Another pick for Forbes on Saturday. I mean, he's just a He can't stop machine. picking the ball off. He's really good. Like, he is a – I don't know what his measurables are. I don't know if he's a 4-5 or, or below guy. But, I mean, he's certainly got size. I mean, he should be a much higher draft choice than Jonathan Banks was. He should be a first-rounder. You know, he's going to be the next. He and, and Emerson has got that kind of potential too. Emerson and, and and Forbes are very much like Smoot and Bean to me. And I mean, even in terms of like, I thought Bean was always underrated, and everybody sort of focused on Smoot because he was the talker. Not that Forbes is a talker. I think Emerson is more of the talker, to be honest. But it feels like everybody focuses on Forbes, and then you, you forget about Emerson because nobody throws to him. And that's why I always go back to that '99 defense. The reason Smoot got five picks is nobody was throwing at Bean. Because the year before, Bean had five picks, and they're like, "Don't throw that guy." And then you find out, well, we can't throw this guy either. Yeah, that's sort of what State has. That's a huge piece. And I mean, if you could get Zach Arnett and in in like, coach, please just 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 be honest with us. He would tell you, like, having that out on the outside just frees everything else up. I was pleased to see Nathan Pickering have a tackle for loss. Wanted to see him. I think I think we mentioned him. Yeah, sack didn't he? Did Pickering have sack. I thought yeah, anyway. I, I don't know if it was a sack. He he blew up a play in the backfield. Um. Defensive line, like we said, all those guys look good. Charlton, we, we talked about him. Still looks like he's going to be a big contributor. Crumity was good. Linebackers were active. Jordan Davis was very active. I thought defensively, the, the, I thought the defense won the scrimmage. I mean, they had a, they had a touchdown. They had a couple other turnovers. I thought if, I thought Zach Arnett should have walked off the field saying, we won this scrimmage. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it, I think. And, and that was kind of the, the talk afterward. Um, Dylan Johnson, when – in his post game was talking about uh, how how the offense was had ran into slumps against that defense and particularly in the red zone against that defense and and Dylan was talking about I, I don't think how pe- people understand just how good our defense is mm-hmm. he uh, I mean that that group continues to get praise and and you look at what it did last year and you feel like it's even better now look that means that. For all the strides that you want to see Mississippi State take offensively this coming year, if they're even better defensively, well, then that's less offense that you need to improve upon. You know, I mean, obviously you'd love to be scoring 50 a game or whatnot, but if you only make slight strides forward offensively and your defense is even better, well, I mean, you're still getting better there. So I, I think that defense, man, is is – it's t- hard to believe what we're saying this as we go into year two of the Mike Leach era, but the defense may steal the show for a second year in a row. That's kind of where I'm at right now mm-hmm. as we sit here in April. You know, yeah. We'll see if that changes. But, I mean, right now, what are you more confident in, the defense or the defense. offense? Defense, defense 100%. me too. I mean, honestly, with the offense, I struggle to see how this team is going to stretch the field. I feel like they have guys who can do things after the catch. Tulu Griffin... Had a, had a nice uh, run after the catch. We know what Wally can do. 
But who who are they throwing the ball to the down the field to? 30, 40 yards. I don't know if that guy is there. And honestly, I don't know, you know, with Rodgers and with Abraham, neither one of these guys have a real cannon arm. They're accurate passers. They're not they're not the deep ball guys. I I, I go back to it again. I'm gonna say it again. I said it in the fall. If Sawyer Robertson was going to be here this spring, he'd be the starting quarterback come come September. I have no question in my mind about it at this point. But it's not that's not the case. I just don't think he can win the job in a month. I just don't. Unless he is something that we we didn't predict. You know, is he is he a that kind of player? You know, like a, a, Jake Fromm's not a good example because he he didn't win the job because of injury. But Jacob Eason maybe a kind of a player like that. And I, I don't know that he is or not. I'm just saying that's what he's going to have to be. To win this job as a true, I mean, you know, I say all that. Of course, it's different at Alabama because of what's around you. But Jalen Hurts won the job as a true freshman over a couple of experienced guys, so it's been done. We'll see. I think Jalen Hurts was a spring guy too, though. Offensively, that's my biggest concern, though, is their their ability to stretch the field. Is it there? I don't know. What, what about you? What is your biggest concern coming out of this for all the offense? I think that's it. I think at the the end of the day. It goes along with what you're saying. I'm not sure if you can stretch the field. I don't. We can talk about quarterbacks till we're blue in the face and it's open and what. I don't know that I'm just falling all over any of Mississippi State's quarterback options. You know, whether it's Will, whether it's Jack Abraham. I mean, a true freshman Sawyer Robertson. I, I'm not saying that some that that Will may not end up being a starter and being a superstar i mean he, he could very well be y'all know from listening to me last year that um i, I was pretty high on will and his potential i still kind of am but i'm not i'm just not confident you know i'm not confident that state's gonna get the quarterback play that they need for the offense to click the way leach wants it to click well we've we've taken a turn toward get the graphic ready if we're talking about you know you're not confident you're gonna get the quarterback play that that this offense needs are we are we are we dooming and glooming here? I mean, I'm not dooming and glooming. I'm just saying, if you made me predict it, it's it's tough to just project that it's going to go the way you want it to go, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, what, what I I would say that I think the offense is going to be improved this year, but I don't know that it's where Leach wants it to be. I guess that's what you're trying to say yeah. too. Is like I feel like they'll be better, they'll be more consistent, they'll turn the ball over less. I think, but. Are they still going to be moving and go up and down the field at will? Probably not. And so much of how good Will or whoever is is going to have to do with how good the five in front of him are. Mm-hmm. And that, that's bottom line. And we're not going to know if State has learned to block the rush three, drop eight, and still move the foot. We're not going to know any of that until September. And so there's just there's there's just hanging offensive questions. Are you going to get good enough quarterback play? Is your offensive line going to be able to hold their own consistently when they couldn't a year ago? Mm-hmm. I guess that's the two biggest questions right there. Because if the answer to both of those is yes, yeah, and and really the offensive line piece may be bigger than the quarterback piece because I think so. Um, if you get both of those, then I think that the rest of it you got enough yeah. to to punch with most anybody. I'm trying to see if there's anything else that stood out to me. Special teams, they made their kicks. Um, for the, I thought there were a couple of good punts and a couple of poor ones, so you know, still inconsistent there. Um, by and large, though, if nothing else, it felt good to see like you know, 70, 80 guys out there <laughs> instead of fifty. Instead of fifty, fifty. <laughs> uh, and like I said, I, I think that I think there's a, there's enough pieces around 
whoever gets to put put a quarterback that they can they can be successful and the offense can be improved. And honestly, you just think back to a season ago. If the offense had just been a little better, you probably win two more games. You know, it didn't have to be a whole lot better to to beat Auburn and to beat Ole Miss, to be totally honest with you. Yeah. They just seemed to be a little bit better. And in Georgia, maybe even so. So that that's it. Are, are we often have we come full circle in that? Remember last year we were like, look, the defense just needs to be middle of the pack. Is it the same thing here? Offense just need to be middle of the pack. Defense can carry them for till it kind of feels like wins. it, doesn't it? It feels yeah. like we've we've flipped the page. And and it's just the the reverse of what we were saying. I I do I, I feel like states in a in a pretty good spot. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't go into I don't go into this offseason thinking that, oh, going to be a long fall kind of thing. I mean, I'm intrigued to see what the group can do. I, I think that the potential is there for them to be a lot better than some think. And I don't know. I kind of feel like the floor has been lowered. Or, excuse me, has been raised. You know, like, I don't, I don't know what I think the floor is of this coming season. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the defense is better. I feel like there have been offensive improvements from what I've seen. And and so I've, whatever you're – bottom line can't be any worse than this expectation is for the 2021 season. I think it's gotten at least a, a little bit higher. Like, I mean, here we are projecting. When, like, I think it's at least a six-win team. <laughs> like, bottom line. Yeah, I feel... Like, I don't think you can go any lower than I feel than like that State right has now. enough... If you look at their schedule, they can find six wins and then go to a bowl game. And honestly, they went three and seven last year before the bowl. I mean, that that's going to be improvement. So, but I think it's not just about wins and losses when we say improvement. State fans, when you hire Mike Leach, you you have an expectation. Like when State hired Dan Mullen, I knew the offense was going to look different, but the expectation was to start winning. With Dan, with Mike Leach, it's not the same. It's you expect to win, but you expect a certain look to the offense. If if Leach can't deliver that in year two, people are going to start wondering: Is it ever going to happen? Regardless of wins and losses. Because it's going to become well, is six wins the best we can do? Because we don't, we can't do anything offensively. That's going to be the what MSU fans are saying. So, Mike Leach, not hot seat, not again, not that kind of pressure. But there is some pressure on Mike Leach to deliver a little more of the product he is known for in twenty twenty one. Fair, I think so. Right. I think so. But you always see it in year two of Mike Leach, don't you? At that's that's the interesting that. part. Will, so. will will things hold? You know, will the historical averages hold? Find out. All right, let's move on over. That's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. I need to, I need to go by Welcome Home Beef. Not, not this weekend. I'm not going to be around. But when State's next away weekend, that South Carolina weekend, Joel, so. we might have to get together again for that one. I might have to twist your arm and say that I'm cooking some food and Joel Coleman should show up and maybe watch a little baseball with me. I'm I mean, just saying that that could be the case. I mean, you know, we, we've done that now twice, I think, and, and both times have been successful days. Undefeated. For, uh, Undefeated are Joel and Brian when they get together to watch these games and eat food. So I think that we'll, we'll just go ahead and put that on the calendar. We'll just we'll we'll mark it down as a potential, and the potential is delicious because we're going to be using Welcome Home Beef products. And man, I'm telling you right now, if you haven't done so already, you need to call your local grocery store and find out why they're not selling Welcome Home Beef products because they are available to you. A great Mississippi company. Great food on the shelf here in Starkville or all around North Mississippi. It could be in your town, too. Call Welcome Home Beef today and find out if they'll ship to you, or you can always shop for them here in Starkville. 662-268-8148, or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. Welcome Home Beef. It just tastes good. 
Two brothers, again, I, I can't stress enough, that place was hopping this weekend. I, I, of all the places in Starkville that were packed, they may have been the most packed. They, they, they were enjoying the fruits of their labor. You think about you know the old two brothers versus the new, bigger restaurant. And last year during football season, you know, it's, it wasn't the same, right? Because we had all the pandemic. This was really the first weekend for two brothers where they got to enjoy the full potential of what they what they have done there, and man, it was great. And I encourage you to go back as often as you can because why not? The food's great, the service is good, the people are fantastic, and you're just going to have a good time every time you walk in the door. So head to the Heart of the Cotton District at 621 University Drive. Get some wings, get some tacos, get some nachos, get some food. Great soul food, smoked southern soul food. Two brothers smoked meats. Advantage Business Systems wants you to know right now is the time. You can give them a call and put them to work for you and make your business a more profitable one. That's what they've been doing all around the Magnolia State for 46 years. You don't stay in business 46 years unless you know what you're doing. They've got an inventory of products and services to help your business, and they provide it all with the customer service you would expect from your neighbors. And that's what they are at Advantage Business Systems. They're Mississippians just like you. Call them today at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. You'll find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Joel, mm-hmm. let's play the song. Alright, Joel. Everything is happening as Ben Howland has foreseen it. Uh, the Bulldogs pick up their second transfer out of the portal. The portal has been kind to Mississippi State this far. I mean, Davon Smith is a loss, but Garrison Brooks and now DJ Jeffries, those are big, big wins for Mississippi State. No question about it, this is a tournament team's lineup from in, in the starting five. They've got great depth. Jeffries, a Mississippi native, nearly chose Mississippi State out of high school, decided to go to Memphis as part of that number one recruiting class a couple of years ago, but now headed back to Starkville. You know, Ben Howland takes a lot of heat, and, and, and deservedly. But what he's done since Robert Woodard declared for the draft in terms of rebuilding the Mississippi State roster is pretty impressive. It's really impressive. Yeah. I mean, we went into last year thinking that team was going to be, gosh, man. Uh, I I don't know what we thought the team was going to be, but not good. And then they end up really, I mean, a couple of breaks away from being on, on the bubble. Yeah. Uh, it's a credit to him rebuilding that roster. And now you, you get to a point to where, I mean, you, you said it a minute ago, the portal has been kind. And, you know, if that's an NBA trade, it'd be a pretty good one, right? Davon Smith for DJ Jeffries and Garrison Brooks. That's a pretty good That would be a trade pretty, that pretty good you, deal. you would want to make, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I know that's not how I mean, that works. if we were to include Keandre Montgomery, sure, we'll throw <laughs> him in. State's got a really, really darn good roster right now. I mean, their first eight, Molinar, Stewart, Jeffries, Smith, uh, Brooks, and then Fountain, Matthews, and Davis off the bench. And then you've got the freshman coming in, who I, I think Keyshawn Murphy is a guy who can contribute. I don't know so much about Applewhite and Carter, but you've got guys who can contribute. They're probably not quite done in the portal. I think a point guard is going to happen at some point. But right now, this is a this is a this is not only a tournament team, this is a top 25 team. Mm-hmm. This is a team that should, they could start the year ranked, and I wouldn't I wouldn't quarrel against it. 
And that's, like I said, you know, you think about where we were 12 months ago when you were thinking, okay, well, you know, mock drafts are starting to come out with Wooder late first, early second. You're like, he might not come back. Gosh, what is this team going to look like? They got like four guys. And now, you know, 12 months later, you put yourself in a position with, I mean, Brooks is a one-year guy, but Jeffries still has three years of eligibility. You've got a team here that could, you know, stay together for a little bit. And what an anomaly that would be in the world of college basketball. But you've got young, talented guys. They should be together for just maybe one or two years and put together a run while you continue to recruit around them. So it feels like now that maybe last year was sort of the blip in the radar that, you know, you had to build, and then you did. You went from where you were the first year, the year zero, which we've said many times, I'm willing to give a pass, that, you know, NIT finals, NCAA tournament, small step back, could have still gotten into the tournament, maybe maybe would have, maybe you wouldn't have, but you were in the discussion, small step back, that you had to step back last year, but now it just looks like you're back to where you were. So so maybe, you know, I'm not, and look, I'm not saying that Howland doesn't deserve criticism, and Lord knows I've given him plenty of it, but right now things are trending positively for Mississippi State. I do find it funny that they are trending positive in men's basketball, at the same time as women's basketball is not trending positively, but hey, you, you can't you can't win them all, I guess. But right now, I expect there to be excitement for the men's basketball program, and I legitimately have not been able to say that in close to a decade. Yeah, I mean that, that's one of the things I get out of this is I feel like you and I and everybody that kind of covers this team, anybody that's on social media much, you kind of get a feel for the pulse of everything. It's been a long time since everybody's been really positive about men's basketball. Kind of feels like they're there, though. Like, there's not a lot negative to be said right now about the men's basketball program. From from the time State started having fun in the NIT, getting in the run-up to the championship game, and now all this roster addition and stuff. I mean, the last month or two? I mean, you're not going to find many negative social media comments about Mississippi State men's basketball. Everybody's kind of... They're on the the bulldog Ben Howland train. It feels like for the first time in a long time. That's that's correct. And and uh, you know, think about how much a- it wasn't just anger, apathy. There was apathy for this program. No, going into last season, literally nobody cared. If they had had, la- had allowed full attendance at the hump, you still wouldn't have had crowds of more than twenty five hundred in there. It just wouldn't have. Now I think there's some there, there's buzz. When was the last time there was buzz preseason about yeah. MSU basketball? Never. Not since what? Vernardo? Maybe? Jamont yeah. Gordon and Charles Rhodes? So, yeah, this is a Ben I mean, Allen. If there, if there was a non-conference basketball game for the men today and a non-conference basketball game for the women tomorrow, the men are outdrawing the women. By far. By far. We can say the stone is going up the hill. It's on Ben Allen to keep rolling. You know. Well, I don't know what state's non-conference is going to be. They should have a good non-conference schedule because they're going to want good good net ratings because they know this is a team that should play in the tournament. So take care of yourself with your schedule, and that'll help. If they blow through that, if they if they can get some wins and, and go into conference play with, you know, at worst one loss, that first home game is going to be something. There's going to be – it's going to become an event, and people are going to be excited to be there. And for the first time in a long time, that's the, we're able to say that. It's fun! It is. It really is. It, yeah. It's it's so weird, man. Even during that uh, the tournament run back a couple years ago, 
when they when they got in the first round got beat out by Liberty. But even during that season, it never did really feel like. Did it feel like to you that people were really bought in that year? It kind of. I don't know. No. It just never did. But now, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because no, it has never, never coincided did. with everybody's kind of mad at the women. I don't know. I don't know why. But it does feel like there's a lot of positive vibes right now about around men's basketball. Yeah. We'll, we'll see if that rolls on. I agree. All right. A uh, couple of uh, quick baseball notes. Landon Sims was named SEC Newcomer of the Week. Again, I have an issue with him being the Newcomer of the Week. He played a ton a season ago, but whatever. Uh, no surprise that Doug Nikhazy... I, I don't know what word they could have used for that award, though. Well, I mean, I, I get what they're trying to say, but... It's for last year's freshman is what the award is It should for. be, you know... Uh, it should just be for freshmen. If you just said freshman, I wouldn't have a problem with it, because he is technically still a freshman. Well, I think they still do a... They're doing a freshman of the of the week and a newcomer of the week. I don't like that. The newcomer of the week is for last, last year's freshman. I don't like that. I don't, I, don't, I don't like that. Well, take it up with Sankey. I'll take it up with Sankey. Um, but there you have that, and then uh, no surprise, Doug Nikhazy for Ole Miss was the SEC pitcher, of as the he should be. Yeah, I think he's. I think he got a couple of national awards too, as he should. Fantastic uh, job by him. But Sims, uh, first one of these awards for him, to my knowledge, and we'll sort of take it from there. Uh, MSU baseball tonight at Diddy Noble, six thirty, first pitch against UAB. We'll recap that on uh, what is the day? When uh, Thursday's podcast. Uh, also, don't forget the rumblings are tomorrow. Go ahead and get your questions in to us. We'll be happy to answer them for Wednesday's show. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.